Welcome to the TechMap Podcast. In today's show, I'm talking with Rax Lakani. And Rax is a PR man and also the co-chair of the PRCA's Diversity Network. And this show is all about diversity and the importance of thinking about diversity when it comes to building marketing agencies or marketing teams and what that means for delivering impactful communications to what, frankly, is a much more diverse and fragmented landscape that we are all operating in these days. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. I've known Rex for a number of years. He's a lovely guy, and he shares a lot of value. Uh, So I hope you take some uh, practical, actionable next steps away from this to help you to think about diversity and how that might help you in your business. As usual, we'd love your thoughts and feedback. Let us know in the comments or drop us a review on iTunes or just get in touch and tell us what you think. We'd love to hear from you. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, Rax. How's it going? Hey, Andy. Yeah, very, very excited to be uh, talking to you this morning. Good man. Good man. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I have been, I think we've been in touch for, I don't know. I, do you know the first time I remember working with you, Rax, is when we put a campaign together. For Smirnoff. Smirnoff. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And we did that session at the uh, Diageo headquarters yes, near Oxford. Yes. Where we yeah, had about was... 60 bloggers come along and had a, a really great evening. Um, and, and you know what? And so I, I still kind of, and I, I do a lot of kind of talks on, on on PR and social media, and I always refer to that as being kind of one one of the best moments um, <laughs> in, in, the, in the early parts of my career when you know I absolutely completely fell in love with with you know the the profession and uh, yeah still got lots of fun memories of that uh, a very long time ago very long time ago though i think somewhere i've still got a recipe card with a custom mocco <laughs> mule cocktail that you designed for me. <laughs> i think it's called the royal mule i think it was called that's it yeah the royal mule yeah. for the king the king of bloggers um yeah yeah <laughs> Excellent stuff. But I mean, we could reminisce for a while, but that's not what I've asked you onto the show. I've asked you onto the show to, I guess, shine the light on the topic of diversity. And the, mm-hmm. the reason why I've invited you, because I saw recently that you've become the co-chair of the PRCA Diversity Network. So that's what I really want to explore with you today, Rex, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. But why don't you why don't you kick off by telling us who you are and what you've been up to so we can understand you know how you've got to a point where this is an important part of your career sure yeah so i mean as 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 we've chatted out before you know my my career path has been probably you know not not the conventional path um that a lot of my my peers in pr have gone through uh, i i started off probably about Ooh, two decades ago, which is quite depressing when I say it out loud, um, <laughs> we, we f- firmly win the PR PR industry. Um, very traditional PR agency to start with, uh, media relations focused. Um, over the years, I think I was uh, it was at a time when kind of digital and social media were were kind of. Um, uh, uh, becoming quite prominent within the space i've moved around different agencies working across every single sector as you you kind of mentioned you know alcohol i worked in fashion i worked in tech i worked in travel uh healthcare 
Um, I, I, I've gone in-house. I headed up digital comms at the Ministry of Justice, which was a completely different world um, for me. It was it was both fascinating and depressing in equal measures. You know, going from you know working with Guinness and Smirnoff to working within the confines of public sector and government, uh, lots of challenges. This is kind of going back 10 years now, so I'm sure things yeah. have changed. But, um, you know, I started to kind of really carve a bit of a niche, I guess, um, specialising in social media and, and the integration of, of kind of digital PR into into the wider comms um, skill set. Um, and after that, I kind of, um, you know, did a few stints, long, long-term stints in, back in agency world. Um, and probably about four, five years ago, I decided to go it alone um, as a freelance well consultant. <laughs> Scary as hell. Uh, best thing I ever did, actually. Um, and and it, it's, been, it's been great. It's been, um, it's been a journey, but it's been um, – uh, now I'm in a position where I could go into uh, – loads of different agencies uh, or I work directly with with in-house teams uh, trying to help them figure out kind of where this this beast called digital PR a, a term which I hate but um, a, a term which is still used within the industry how, how it can be integrated within you know within current agency service offerings okay. um, a lot of what I do is training uh, I get to meet you know different teams different agencies of all sizes uh, and as I say, the last four years, it's kind of given me a real kind of understanding of, of where we stand together as an industry, what our challenges are, what the opportunities are, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. And um, so is that what's that's what's led you into this interest in diversity, the fact that you have been around the block shall we say in the in the agency <laughs> world you must have seen quite a few different business models operating environments um yeah. and obviously the impact of the that diversity in those agencies must be quite enlightening well yeah you know the, the one thing that that kind of keeps coming up and it's been kind of really becoming quite obvious to me that the changes that we're seeing as marketers, you know, uh, from a consumer point of view, you know, the proliferation of kind of technology, uh, how, you know, the, the media landscape's been, been being fragmented, how, you know, consumer choice is completely different game to where it was 20, 30 years ago, uh, social media, the rise of so-called influencers, all of those changes that happen on the outside. I think that the agency world in particular has been, really slow to embrace and you know we're still kind of um looking at the world in quite broad lazy categories uh, based on demographics so mm. w whether that's kind of oh let's target new mums or let's target millennials which is just a crazy <laughs> term um that's still <laughs> that's still how we do that's small demographic well, you know, I mean, you know, I'm I'm 40. I turned 40 back in September, and when you look at the, the the definition of what a millennial is, it's someone who was born, you know, from 1980 onwards, right? I was born in 1978. That makes me two years out of being a millennial, and that's 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 weird. I'm 40 years old, and nobody in any in any stretch of the imagination would, would consider me a millennial, but that's still a category that I'm almost in. 
And, um, you know, as an industry, we're still kind of really using these quite old school ways of looking at our audience defined by categories. And for me, that was really interesting. I was like, well, why are we doing that? I think part of that is just just maybe just laziness or fear of kind of trying out actually what's new. But part of that is because it's the same people coming up with the same old ideas based on the same old thinking. And that kind of sums up, you know, the industry, the problem with diversity right now. I think, you know, we can't look at the world in the way it needs to be looked at as, you know, as modern day marketers. If the way that our businesses are set up or our marketing teams are set up is 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 based on like this, this monoculture or, or, you mm. know, having the same people looking at the world through their very unique lens yes and it's 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 shocking and it's shocking that we're still doing this um and just just kind of um i was going through your you know the the, the back catalogue of, of all the <laughs> amazing episodes of of the podcast <laughs> and the one that you know the one that absolutely I, I, i've listened to twice now is um is the the interview with Mark Schaefer back in uh, yes. back in March, I think, an absolute legend. You know, I, yes, I've, I've, I've got his book here. I've I've started it and stopped it many times, and now I, I'm I'm absolutely committed to finishing it because what he said on that on that episode, just I was just smiling and nodding all throughout, and and the thing like the message that that you know he 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 evangelizes and one that I wholeheartedly embrace is. That marketing is about you know human connection. It's about mm. you know let, let let's not complicate what we do. Let's you know let's just you know s- stop what we're doing and realize that you know what we're trying to achieve for our brands for our clients is connecting with people on a yes. human and individual level. And in fact, um, he argues that the brand that's the most human is the brand that's going to win. And I like right? that sentiment absolutely because it to, to be human is to have a, a, a connection with your customers, I think, and is to be able to interact and engage. So if I if I'm following this, I guess your story, your narrative correctly here, mm-hmm. what you're saying is that in order to be more human, in order to have a better connection with the diverse audiences that we are trying mm-hmm. to communicate with, we have to have a diverse team to deliver that human connection. Yeah. I, I think I think what it comes down to is just very simply it's about fresh thinking. Okay. Yes. We need okay. to continually be challenging our thinking the, the the level of thinking that I'm seeing across and um, maybe I'm being unfair, but, you know, I'm seeing some good thinking in some places, but we're just, you know, base basing our work on false assumptions of, of there. And I think it's time to refresh that thinking. And the only way to do that, I think is to bring in uh, uh, people, really talented people from all walks of life who have different experiences um, and I think for me, diversity is, is just that it, it's a, a range, a multitude of different perspectives and different experiences that can really help us uh, put out the best work as marketers. Yeah. Because if we don't understand the full kind of range or even just understand that there is, uh, you know, there is no such thing as a singular human experience, uh, um, you know, the human experience is made of loads of different motivations, uh, fears. Uh, you know, hopes, uh, experiences, backgrounds, um, then we can actually start doing some really 
effective marketing work. Okay. Um, so, so in order yeah. to be successful as a marketeer or as an agency in an agency business, then is, you know, you've got to have that diversity in there that enables you to better relate to what really is a much more complex uh, customer landscape these days because you know like you say we're not just targeting millennials anymore there are so mm. many different categories within that broad um demographic yeah uh, absolutely and you know, I'll, I'll give you an example so um, I, I met up with two old schoolmates the other day we, we, we all exactly the same age um we all get on we've got loads of similarities uh, a marketer would would, would you know quite understandably lump us all in together into the same demographic i've not got kids you know i'm married uh, i'm a, a non-white you know of asian origin but british born married to a french woman don't own my own house you know have different kind of passions interest areas uh, one of my friends is an opera singer the other one is a, a teacher in a high school uh <laughs> you know what well, well, one's very religious he's you know very very uh, strong jewish identity family man the other one is from new zealand uh, uh he's he's married a somalian he's got two kids living in a part of london that's very different to the part of london that i live in when we talk we have a lot of common interests but absolutely our media consumption points are completely different yes you know and i think that that is true more and more now we don't have the same reference points you, you can't target us three in with the same types of marketing uh, I'm very active on social. One of them absolutely hates social media. So, you know, how how do you reach people now? It's very, very easy for us marketers that we're going to do it through a campaign, uh, you know, in, in the national press or through a billboard campaign or through whatever it is. Um, if If an agency that I work for only has people like me in it, I will lazily think, yeah, of course, everyone's on Instagram or everyone, you know, or or, all mums use Instagram or Instagram is just for, you know, young women. Uh, And I was talking at an event last week and there was a a, a lady there, super smart lady uh, in her 70s who was asking questions about Instagram because she is into literature and she's got she helps run a, a, a publishing house. And for her, she absolutely loves it. Now, any other marketer would, would have written off Instagram as not being relevant to her. But that's quite, it's quite a broad generalization. And I think we need to start looking at, you know, people and their individual needs. Okay. Right. I guess what I'm hearing here, Rex, is because of all this new tech and new uh, communications channels, then that that it's all fragmented. There is a lot more of a spread of channels to communicate with people. So if we are just falling back on the traditional models, we're going to miss out on understanding all those kind of nuances in the media and the communications landscape that we need to know about. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's where the word kind of diversity has started mm. creep, creeping in to our industry and. Um, uh, PRCA launched their census, uh, 2019 census, just over a week ago. And the whole upfront section is about diversity. And, and what it does, it, it kind of looks at, um, you know, who makes up the, the, the PR and comms industry right now from the perspective of PRCA members. And they've been doing this for a few years. And it's, it's a really worthwhile exercise. It's a really good to kind of see, okay, well, you know, what is the makeup of our industry? However, and this is kind of very much my take on diversity, I distinguish between diversity with a big D, 
which generally gets kind of thought of as you know um, gender differences or, yes. or differences of ethnicity or you know issues of disability sexual orientation education social mobility which are all really important um, issues but there's a danger that diversity becomes this thing of box ticking and saying, yes. okay well we need to be completely representative and my take on diversity is simply that we want to uh, attract the best people into our industry into our companies who can um, really give us a, a different view uh, or, or share a different perspective on how we how we do our jobs um, so for me diversity is about diversity of thinking and diversity oh, of yeah. experience okay and so you know you can have a, a, an agency that is made up of a fairly uh, you know on on looking in it can appear to be fairly homogenous in terms of ethnicity or gender um i was at an agency the other day uh, very big um all women okay all women. Now they got quite embarrassed saying, well, we're not very diverse in terms of gender. But, but for me, it doesn't necessarily have to be a quota-filling exercise. Yes. As long as at the heart of your agency, you have got a culture that recognizes you know, different experiences and encourages your team to go and seek out those different voices, then you're kind of on the right track. Um, I, I guess and, I think what you're getting at there is the difference between diversity and inclusion almost. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and often you know those those two terms are are, are used together uh, when we talk about diversity as you know in terms of business transformation, um, and uh, you know you could look at them as, as as two different sides of the same coin, but they are actually in in very very different terms. So diversity is really more about the the types of different people, different groups. Uh, it's, it's any kind of dimension that kind of differentiates people from, from one another. Uh, and inclusion is more about the culture of are all of those different voices and different experiences um, contributing, adding their own value uh, to your, your your common purpose. So it's it's no it's no good having um, you know a, a diverse workforce um if the moment they come into the office in the morning they're expected to conform and to fit into a specific culture that the organization is is, is putting forward that the benefit of diversity is celebrating those differences uh, bringing those different voices and experiences into a company and letting them know what value they're bringing uh, letting them shape the the overall vibe of of the agency or the company uh, and you know, really, really uh, uh, allowing those, those those points of difference to shape uh, fresh thinking. Uh, having those two things together, diversity and and inclusion, I think is a killer combination. That if if an agency kind of gets it right, you know, they are unstoppable. They're protecting themselves from from whatever the future can throw at them, and it's a really good thing. Unfortunately, those two terms are quite woolly. And they do need a lot of definition. And I think, you know, agencies are, are at a bit of a loss. So what, how, how do we kind of do this? You know, we know it's important. We know it's a thing we should be tackling, but they don't really know how to do it. And what happens is it gets tackled in completely the wrong way. And it, it, it just erodes yes. any of the benefits um, yes. that it brings. Um, do you know, that's, 
that, that's interesting, Rex. Uh, you've opened up so many different points I wanted to talk to you about. Mm. There. <laughs> One of which is, you know, what are those kind of practical steps that an agency could take to become more mm. diverse and inclusive? But I think something you said there about almost making an agency not future-proof but competitive mm. and, and it reminds me of a term that Kristen Luck used in the podcast where we mm. talked about scaling an mm. agency and she talked about the idea of creating a competitive moat so yeah. something that defends your position against the competition and in fact having a very diverse workforce within your agency business or even in your marketing mm. team certainly I think gives you the ability to have a uh, to protect yourself, to create a bit of a competitive mode, doesn't it? Because you have a different dimension to your business. Yeah, I, I, not only not only is, is your thinking a bit bit fresher, and, and you know you have proof points and it's, it stands out. But that's actually right now the way the industry is going. Um, this is something that is not optional now. So you've got you know massive massive organisations like Unilever and P and G globally who are putting such a, a, a a public focus on diversity and you can be quite cynical about why they're doing that but i think it's a positive step but the, the knock-on effect for agencies is right now in the u.s i think um one of the unilever brands I think it might be magnum ice creams or one of the one of their other kind of ice cream brands um they've they've gone across all of their creative agencies and they've fired the ones that can't prove that they have a commitment to um uh, building a diverse team so they are asking for quantifiable proof are you an agency that promotes diversity yes. and everyone else is like of course we are of course we are. well what's the proof and so now it's becoming a real commercial driver right now because a lot of the, the you know the, the huge clients are now making this uh, contractual requirement and 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 in in some ways it's a bit you know it's a shame that it has to get to that level for people to kind of take up you know set up and take it seriously but it's a positive move on the whole because it is making you know agencies understand that this is no longer yes. something fluffy but at yes. the same time i think mckinsey brought out a really interesting study last year looking into diversity and you know, they overwhelmingly kind of say you know what, uh, the companies and the agencies who are, you know, promoting diversity uh, across you know, the whole business, uh, they are likely to outperform their non-diversity counterparts. You know, they're 15% yeah. more likely to outperform um, uh, the ones that, that don't have a, a, an inclusive culture. So on a very commercial level, this very detailed kind of report is saying, well, actually, it's no longer about, you know, well-being of staff or or, or or being right on you know and, and being just ethically good there is a real commercial impetus to to you know to make these changes and to make yourselves a bit more representative let's be honest if you want looking to change the agency landscape it has to come down to a commercial decision doesn't it because agency is such a commercial business that, yeah um, unless it comes down to pounds and pence then really it's difficult to drive that change but the, the i think you're right in what you're saying before about having that that competitive moat because you know especially in the pr world when we go out to pitch you know let's face it you know the the, the breadth and, and the innovation of ideas isn't really going to be that different across all the pitching agencies. It's very rare that you have, you know, very different insight uh, because most of those agencies 
have staff that are very, very homogenous. So you're going to get very yeah. similar outlooks. If you go in with a very different insight, um, it will give you a competitive edge. Now, you do that over and over again, you'll become very, very confident in being able to, to deliver a new way of, of, of thinking about marketing mm. that stands out. But above that, I think when we talk about commercial terms, I think you have to look at staff retention, attracting talent, uh, now, yeah. when I when I go into agencies and I'm, I'm often asked to kind of really um, you know build teams, uh, I, I sit in on interviews. And I interview people at from all levels, and one of the questions that I'm hearing more and more now from from people that I'm interviewing is around what's your policy on diversity or what mm. your view. And I, that's really interesting because yeah, you know, never would that have even been on the agenda a few years ago, but it's now you know when we're trying to attract talent, it's something that they look for because uh, they don't want to be part of no. uh, they, they, they see themselves as individuals they want to add value and they have a very you know specific take and um you know sadly a lot of agencies hire people like that but within a few months that individuality or that 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 breadth of experience <laughs> is beaten out of them you know and it, yeah. it you know it, it, it isn't valued so, I still mold them into the culture of the agency because absolutely. that's how the agency w- works. Okay, so so let's say that we're we're sold on the idea that diversity is a pretty important factor for mm. current and future success of any agency or, or marketing business. So let's kind of let's get a little bit more practical here. You know, if you're a, if you are an agency owner and you're thinking, yeah, I can I can understand Rax's point of view here. Let's let's think about this. You know, what do those practical next steps look like? Yeah. How do you how do you start to, where do you start with this? Because as you say, if it just comes down to uh, have, uh, answering correctly in, a, in an interviewee's question, sure. then you're not really going to make a difference there, are you? Well, I think the first step, and this is something that I, I, you know, I, I, I learned pretty quickly, I think we've all got our biases. We've all got our uh, unconscious biases when we are uh, in, in management mode. Um, so... Uh, you know, let's take recruitment for for, for example. Um, I think that's a really good place to, to 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 start with diversity inclusion. So often agencies put diversity inclusion within the hands of their HR team, and that's understandable because it's uh, it, it's seen as something that HR can can really implement straight away when they're looking to fill roles and looking to hire new people. It's a bit of a mistake to only keep it within HR, but it's a good starting point. But that recruitment yes. process, you know, in itself is 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 inherently biased. Um, uh, we want to attract people that are going to be a culture, a good cultural fit for the agency. Now, that yes. phrase alone, I would challenge that because you know, if you're trying to attract people who are going to fit into your company you're inherently weeding out people that aren't like the people you've already got so if you're trying to attract different people but you're saying you know are they going to be a good fit for the company well you're already you know not 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 thinking about diversity you're already kind of blocking off certain routes um yeah so so some agencies are doing sorry rex on on that point what's really interesting there is then you know unless you have a a part of your business plan and and your agency culture that you are going to be a diversive uh, environment Mm. or sorry diverse yeah 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 yeah. diverse 
then then whatever recruitment you do is going to fail, isn't it? Because you need to make sure that it's built into the business plan. So I think this, this starts from the top. So, uh, you know, uh, and it has to be genuine and it has to be uh, sincere. So if your, your leadership team doesn't get it, uh, it's not going to happen. Okay, because you're trying to enforce a culture and you can't fast forward on on a culture of inclusivity. It's a process that takes time to do and it's worth taking the time to do. So if you're just motivated because your big client is is threatening to sack you unless you have proof that you're diverse and you try and shortcut that and you say, okay, yeah, yeah, we're a diverse agency, but everything that you do as a management team shows that you're not inclusive or you're not open to new ways of thinking you're going to fail okay but but mm. but you know it's tackling those unconscious biases because we all have our, our our views in the world based on our experiences so there's been loads of studies done about you know the, the cv process and whether having you know a, 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 a non-traditional christian name on a cv is going to put you off recruiting and it's crazy as someone called Rax you know that isn't it's got I've got a very unique name sometimes I you know I I I, I, I'm left you know asking myself rightly or wrongly I wonder if I'd changed my name I would have got in through you know through to that interview and and it's a thought that I don't like to have and it's a thought of paranoia and it makes me kind of feel uncomfortable and it's probably not founded in anything but there have been a few agencies out there who've started a process um, called blind recruitment, where all um, identifiable features of a person's background are stripped from a CV. So the name isn't on there, date of birth isn't on there. Uh, often, you know, education qualifications aren't on there because you don't really, uh, for some roles, you don't really need to have that much detail. You just need to know about experience. So it becomes about for the first round when you're trying to, you know, filter through, you know, who you want to come in for an interview, a lot of those identifiers are just stripped out. And, you know, there's been study after study done saying, actually, this does, you know, deliver you a much more diverse round of candidates to interview. And once they're in, you know, you can actually see what they are like. But if there's some sort of unconscious bias there, that's that's kind of stopping you from seeing those people. A, that's that's quite sad, but but it's life, and sometimes those are, are so ingrained within us. Well, you know that that reminds me when I came out of university, I applied for a job at an ad agency in Leicester, mm. and I later learned that I wasn't invited to interview because they saw my name, yep. which is Barjury, as you know, not Smith right, or Jones. Right. Yeah, uh, so that happens in all all bases. But you, you know, you, you dodged a bullet there. But you know that I mean that in, in a way as a candidate uh, I you know I, I wouldn't really feel comfortable if you know if, if there was that that narrow yeah. recruitment process up front yeah. but 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 it's something that to avoid that and I think it's a good outward sign as well saying actually you know we want to attract different people but also where are you recruiting yeah. from so there are loads of schools you know uh, and, and colleges out there uh, full of really talented young adults who don't know anything about the profession that we belong to because uh, other professions are, 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 are considered more sexy or more appealing or more relevant to them. And some of the best highs I've ever made, Andy, are people who haven't gone to university, people who have come straight out of school, have had, you know, four or five years experience in retail, working in supermarkets, but real savvy mm-hmm. people, you know, who know how the yes. world works. And, you know, the, the, the fact that a lot of jobs that, that we put out there 
require a university degree doesn't matter which one as long as you're a graduate well why is that and is that essential and is that is that blocking off people who actually we want to attract but currently are being excluded from their uh, age as well. I agree with that and I think there is a lot of um, uh, discrimination around uh, have people got a uh, university education if so which university what did they study exactly but that's nothing new that's a kind of old old school way of recruiting isn't it you kind of qualify out the 100 cvs to the 10 candidates with based on those identifying factors but you know the value of a university degree these days is pretty um, limited I think in most cases yeah and and you know sometimes you know if we work in specialist comms so you know if we work in in a, a sector that does require some you know a, a level of understanding of certain disciplines that could be you know legal services or it could be you know a, a medical PR then you might actually you know justify that you need to have some some experience but having just removing those barriers in the first place I think you start to see a whole range of of of, of different experiences some of which might not be suitable mm. some of which actually you would have slipped yes. through the net but then also then uh, just just having that process in place removes that unconscious bias and says okay well you know we can remove that as a as a, as a factor we'll see the best but then other things that again you know age so our industry is is very very young and then at the top it's 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 people who who, who are a bit more seasoned <laughs> But 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 if you know if you're hiring for let's say an account manager role and somebody comes in in their forties, you know I think a lot of people would be kind of oh that's a bit odd that's a bit strange and don't know how I feel about this but that person could have the experience that you need but it could be off person. How many people over sixty work in PR? How many people over fifty come in for for quite? Uh, mid-level entry points um, you know we are hiring a very young mm. base who then come up through the career ladder but their views are very much focused on uh, a, a digital world an Instagram base or they will not ever have listened to radio for the today program or they won't necessarily be you know uh, be consuming media that a, a broader audience might 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 consume so there's loads yeah. of different factors in place you know parents um so you know, having things like um again i'm shocked uh and i'm complicit in you know having social events in agencies that revolve around the pub oh you know this is you know a, it's quite common most this is a bugbear of mine actually rex if you're in the agency land yeah, everything yeah, yeah. involved in engaging yeah. your team involves going down the pub for a drink which is great when you're kind of you know you're fresh into the industry and you're excited and you want to go and get yeah. um, boozed up on a friday lunchtime but when you get to you know yeah. <laughs> our age bracket rex let's be careful no, no, it doesn't yeah. interest me really <laughs> <laughs> Well, also, you know, if you've got kids or if, you've, if you're a carer, you know, you might not be able to socialise after work anyway, so you miss out, and that's exclusive, not yes. inclusive. Uh, but also, what about people who, you know, aren't comfortable around alcohol? So people who have, uh, you know, health problems around alcohol, who have issues yeah, with alcoholism, yeah. or who have, like, like we, when I started off in PR, I had massive pancreatitis issues, and I, you know, I couldn't drink. I didn't drink for five years. I've since made up for that since I had my pancreas <laughs> removed. But, you know, it was quite awkward, and, you know, 
know, being made to, it goes back to being made yeah. to fit in. What about people of, of you know, who, who are Muslim, who are, who are devout Muslims, who are forbidden from drinking? Uh, what about people who, you know, your staff who are, you know, going through pregnancy or, or you know, loads, of other, loads of other issues? Uh, but the worst kind of thing is when I've seen a lot of PR agencies, you know, conduct interviews within a pub environment. And I'm sure I've done that in the past. I'm sure, you know, years ago, uh, I'm sure I've, I've held, you know, uh, interviews, informal interviews or secondary interviews you know, in, in a pub. Now, there's lots of dynamics going on there. There's lots of, you know, people who don't feel comfortable in that environment. There's a bit of a power play. You know, there could be, a, a you know, just loads of issues that you're digging up. And it's sending out the wrong mm. message. It's saying, this is our culture. You need to be comfortable in this environment. Mm. Um, but, but, but also, you know, attracting people with different, you know, disabilities, um, you know, how many agencies out there employ, um, you know, people with visual impairments or would actively be open to making environmental changes for people mm-hmm. who are hard of hearing and just completely discrediting them as being suitable for a role without absolutely knowing what their capabilities yes. are. Yeah. Okay. And how, how competent they are. Um, people who need to have flexible working uh, options in place to you know, to take care of their families or to to do whatever now they can still deliver an amazing job for you and they might be the most amazing person that you never hired because your very narrow view of of how you know your business runs can't accommodate somebody with different slightly different circumstances but actually those accommodations are quite small in terms of what you could potentially get. So, you know, diversity is the full range yes. of that. I guess what I'm hearing, Rex, you know, what I'm really taking away from this is that it's a, it's a, it's a business plan thing. It's a structural and it's a cultural thing before you even get to the stage where you're recruiting. It's what do I want my agency to look like? How do I want my agency to operate? And how do I want my team to work together? And, and then you can think about who needs to be in that team. And that's where you can really incorporate the diversity and the inclusion side of things. But until you've got that top level business plan uh, and then your culture mapped out on the back of that, it's going to be really hard to make too much of a change in that world, isn't it? Because as you well, suggested earlier, yeah. you could hire someone because they are of a certain age bracket, a certain ethnicity or whatever. But if you're hiring them because of that, not because of the skills and the attributes that they bring to the role and they don't fit mm. within your culture and your environment, they're not going to stick around. Yeah. So loads of things have to happen kind of at the same time. I think that, you know, you have to nurture this culture of, of inclusion. So when you do hire different people, um, you know, uh, ask them to bring their, to challenge mm. what you're doing. You'll never be afraid because you're hiring people with fresh eyes, fresh perspective, and they're coming in. When I go to, so I, I do a lot of judging on awards across the industry. And one of the things I've just noticed recently whilst kind of working within this diversity kind of framework is these black tie events that are at big fancy hotels. Um, you go there and it can be so off-putting if it's a very, if you're not from that world. Mm, okay? okay. So, uh, you know, I'm from very working class backgrounds you know my my parents never went to university my father was a postman when you turn up to these things as a 20 year old it's a big night out very glitzy of course very glamorous but the likelihood of me owning a tuxedo is very low the likelihood of someone from a very particular social economic background is very low and then the precious mountain and this is you know i I feel like an imposter i shouldn't be here and and it's that you know and, and just those practices across the industry 
are, are quite complicit. I'm not saying we shouldn't do them, but we should be very aware about yes. you know, the, the sort of culture we, we're doing. Yes. But when it comes to a, a, attracting people who don't fit into a culture, if you've already got a, a, an environment where there is a bit of a buzz and there's a very much accepting, oh, great. So, you know, tell us how, you know, being disabled kind of changes your view of this product or, you know, then you actually feel valued. And then as more people come in from outside and they see that there are different people there who all get on, you know, who all function together and all doing great work, you suddenly start to kind of, it becomes easier and easier to embrace, yeah. Yeah. To, to show yourself as, a, as, a, as an inclusive employer. So is that what you think the, the agency of the future looks like, Rex? Well, I think the agency of the future is going to be made up of um, really smart people um, who understand absolutely understand that the world is made up of very different experiences so i think the agency of the future is not going to be purely or predominantly about these broad measurement uh, metrics like impressions and you know defining an engagement uh, with just a click or a like or a you know a, a retweet or, or what have you yes. i think it's going to be about you know changing the way that, that, that humans behave and to, to kind of really understand how we measure that and we go about that. Uh, I also think that, you know, these uh, traditional walls that we've built up yes. between a uh, earned, owned, paid, you know, differentiating between different disciplines like SEO, you know, media relations, uh, content production, uh, uh, media buying, all of those walls will, will kind of blur and that's not to say that the agency of the future is going to have to do everything or be the jack of all trades. Um, but it's really being comfortable about you know, what's your part to play in this puzzle and being confident. You know, so currently, you know, everybody thinks they do social media, but they own social media. But the reality <laughs> is social media belongs you know, in different parts to everybody. So there is an element of you know doing customer service through social media. There's an element to, to having a paid agency, you know, doing ads on social media. Uh, social media is also about, um, you know, uh, uh, crisis management. So, you know, who owns that part of the puzzle? So it's being a bit smarter about all the options there. Uh, I, I think, you know, despite all the technology that's coming out, I think we we'll need to step back as uh, uh, as marketers and start to reconnect with human beings uh, uh, again um, and to stop these broad categorization of you know demographics um, i think we absolutely need to change the 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 image of the people that we have working um, within agency world i think the more diverse the better and that's not even that's not this kind of virtue signaling which is a phrase i hate uh, it's not even you know about being representative or anything it's just about getting the smartest people with the most broad and diverse experiences to be able to contribute to you know kick ass marketing strategy you can't you can't do that you can't do that now um you know i've got this uh, i was working with an agency a few years ago andy and and it was you know just outside of london uh the most white um middle class um politically homogenous group lovely people and it's not but they had a pitch for um nando's Okay, not one of the people in the agency, and they're all women. So not one of the people there had ever been to Nando's, and it was so foreign as a concept to them. Yet they went ahead and pitched for it, and it was the most embarrassing pitch. 
And you I know, take it they didn't win the pitch. We, we, <laughs> no, they didn't. And you know, it was just embarrassing. Like, well, come on! And it was a big, big account to win. But yeah. you know, because they they were they were doing themselves a disservice because they just didn't understand the product. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you have to have you know a team full of Nando's you know enthusiasts there, but you just need to understand that the world you know that most people's view of how the other half lives is through you know Channel Five programs and Jeremy Kyle, which. You know, I'm happy to say he's not on our screens anymore. <laughs> so we, we, we have, yeah, we have these assumptions that I think we can challenge. We don't have to, you know, live and breathe, you know, every single reality in 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 in, in the UK. But we just need to understand that those realities exist yeah. and and you know, Agreed. more of a real picture. Agreed, Rex, and I and I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. It, it kind of goes back to what we said, or what you said, really. St- uh, near the beginning of this conversation was it, it's about being more human. It's the Mark Schaefer thing, isn't it? It's the marketing rebellion. You've got to be more human totally. to connect with your audiences, but you can't connect with a more diverse, uh, fragmented audience that we've got these days without having a more diverse and fragmented team on your side to help you connect with those audiences. So I totally and, get it. And, and, and just one more, one more point Go just ahead. on that. I think, you know, when, when I was into Mark, you know, one of the things that comes across when, you know, when he writes or when he's in interviews is um, there's a guy who absolutely wakes up in the morning and loves what he does. I think, you know, he he views what we do the way that we should all view it, the way that I view it and, and the way yes. I know that you view it. it, it it's it, it is magic in what we do, right? And it's love. And I think we need to uh, introduce what we do to a broader range of people and to make a whole new generation of marketers that love what 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 we do i really like right? that, Rex. i think you're right it's about educating a broader range of people as to this there are career choices here that you might find really rewarding whether it's yeah. whichever discipline within the marketing world it is there are opportunities for all and i think that point about mark there actually you know what he's one of the nicest people i've interviewed yeah in the show yeah. he's such a nice guy he's so open to sharing value and i and i really admire that about mark as well and having said yeah, that Rex, yeah. you've shared quite a lot here which is really 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 great actually if people wanted to kind of find out more, if they wanted to start to think about uh, diversity and inclusion within their environment, mm-hmm. you know, where should they go? Where can they look to for guidance to take those next steps? Yeah. So, um, you know, as, as co-chair of, of, of the, you know, the, the, the PRCA um, diversity network, myself and my, my, my co-chair Pema Seeley, um, we are currently um, just bringing together all the resources across the industry, not just within the PRC, but but much wider. There's been a report that was done last year with some very, very good guidelines on how to kind of practically kind of uh, um, start making those changes yeah. that's available on the PRCA website but we, there are things that are going to be happening now I think um, there have been loads of little initiatives happening everywhere uh, and what we're trying to do is just pull it all together so go to the PRCA website but you know there's loads of other stuff out there okay. uh, follow me on Twitter and, and, and LinkedIn I'm at Rax Lucani and I'm going to be maybe trying to do some more out there uh, on, on practical tips there are loads of great best practice case studies out there like the blind uh, recruitment cv um, policy uh, there's there's various initiatives okay. I'm just trying to pull those all those together so you know if if you know any of your listeners are doing anything that's really kind of progressive and forward thinking i'd love them to kind of let me know and i'd love to chat with them further and to celebrate all the stuff that is going on on that note rax how should they get in touch with you if they wanted to celebrate what they're up to 
if you uh, if you're on Twitter, um, come follow me uh, at Rax Lacani. Uh, find your LinkedIn. Uh, drop me a note. Um, I'm always always happy to connect. So yeah, just 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 get in touch. It's rax.lacani at gmail.com. Um, which is I don't imagine zero. there are too many Raxes on. I'm the only rats in this village. Um, yeah, there are a few out there. There is there is someone who actually who actually claimed at rats on Twitter oh, really? years ago. Very inactive. And and I'm so weren't you at rats 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 at one point? So yeah, I did have the raxraxrax.com blog many many years ago, and uh, recently I tried to revive it uh, to find out that a Japanese hair removal company has actually bought the URL, and is is <laughs> yeah, and I have no way of getting in touch with them. I've tried uh, everything, so yeah, that that one's gone. But um, oh, what a shame! What but a yeah, shame. yeah, but come find me, um, and I'm always happy to talk to anyone who's got any thoughts on, on anything marketing related, not just about diversity. Okay. Great, Rex. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been so interesting. Thank you so much, Andy. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up soon. Yeah, let's make sure it's not eight years between uh, this and the next conversation. No, definitely not.